welcome. Thank you for joining us here at ICGC Caris Temple Podcast. Pastor Prince Nyako is the head pastor of ICGC Caris Temple, serving under the leadership of Dr. Mentor Otabel. Pastor Prince is a dynamic preacher of God's unadulterated word, characterized with a strong prophetic insight and prayer ministry. He is a strong advocate for discipline and order in the body of Christ, with messages centered on fasting, holiness, prayer, and integrity. And now, to today's message. Transform us with your word. I pray the heart of your people will be prepared to receive this strong word. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm praying for somebody right now, your right abdomen. There is pain there right now. Receive the healing of God in the name of Jesus. Amen. Give the Lord a clap offering right now. So, the part two of obeying God or obedience to God. Obedience to God, part two. So, I begin with the definition I virtually ended the first service with. The meaning of obedience from scriptural perspective. Obedience from scriptural perspective. Obedience is to line up, to line up with God through his word. To line up with God in his word. To line up with God by, by walking in his word. That is obedience. That is obedience through scriptural perspective. And it is one of the, if not the most vital spiritual virtue Every child of God is expected to walk in obedience. God expects every child of his to walk in absolute obedience to his word. Unfortunately, you hardly hear sermons on obedience in the New Testament church. In the 21st century church, we hardly go to church to hear a teaching on obedience because naturally somewhere somehow the black African Christian does not like the word obedience maybe because of the slave trade or the slave trade or our cultural system you know until you're a paramount chief they will never carry you so the paramount chief has subjects and some families in the town cannot become paramount chiefs and they see some people in the town as laborers and all that. That's why we have all these chief dancing battles and all that. Fight. That fight is over 100 years. They're still fighting. So when the message of obedience is coming, it looks like someone is forcing you to obey rules and regulations. But it's beyond that. The Christian kind of obedience is a natural obedience. It's a, if your obedience to God's word is as a result of a cajoling, a pastor came to preach and dramatize and, and convince you to do something, you miss out on the blessing of obedience. But the Christ, the obedience that the Bible is talking about, must emanate from our heart, free will. We must willingly obey God's word and align to God's word. 
And that is the greatest battle you will fight in your life as a Christian. The moment you must obey God. And those moments can be very tough. It can be very difficult. But God demands obedience. From children who will walk into his blessings. The blessings of God are packaged for all of, all of us. But not everyone will enjoy the blessing because some will choose to be disobedient. I pray that as I teach this word, something will be stirred within you. That you will live here vowing and determining to become an obedient child of God. I'm going to step straight into the scenario I began the first service with. Between Samuel, Saul, and, and Samuel, Saul, and God. God, Samuel, Saul. So there was an engagement, a communication between these three. God himself, Prophet Samuel himself, and then King Saul. Who knows the story? So we go to 1 Samuel chapter 15. Our lesson will be based on this part of scripture. So there was a time when God sent Samuel to send a message to King Saul concerning a battle he was going to fight. And this is where our lesson on obedience for today will be centered on. So 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 1. And I beg you pay attention to the scriptures. Listen to the message. Listen to what God will be speaking to you in your heart. And when I preach, I may be talking about Samuel or Saul, but God will be addressing situations in your life. That is how the word of God is. And not what God is telling you concerning what you are going through. I know God is going to talk to everyone. Samuel also said unto Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Look at that scripture again. Not just listen to the word of the Lord. But the voice in the words of the Lord. Hearkening means carefully listen and obey. God does not just speak to us. God didn't prepare me to come and preach for you to just listen. And say, oh, pastor, pastor's English is sharp. Pastor was a professional. Pastor wasn't professional. Instead of zero, he said zero. God didn't give me a message to just come and preach. No. When God begins to speak to you, he demands absolute obedience. And it is only on that platform that you will see the benefit of the word of God. Anything outside obedience will just beg for you things that God did not dream for your life. Every disobedience takes you away from the path of righteousness. Every act of disobedience will cost you your inheritance. Part of your glory. Every act of disobedience will cost you a throne. A crown, a blessing, 
So for Saul, God sent Samuel to bring him a word. He was in battle, going into battle, and God wanted to speak specifically concerning the battle. God has always spoken to us specifically concerning things concerning our lives. God will never leave us without his voice. Each and every one of us, God communicates to us concerning issues. I was telling the first service that it, 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 when God said that we should do the spy the land service, I nearly canceled it because when I look at the cost, we could have just given it to the contractors. Because it cost us a lot to do that on Sunday. You could see what had gone in to prepare the place. So we could have said, oh, it's waste. Why don't you do your service here? It's a comfortable place. But God said, go and do it. So at that point, God is not suggesting to you the word of the Lord in it is the blessing. But that blessing never is exposed or released until there is a heart to obey the word. Your blessing may be delayed. Your blessing may be far away from you because you have perpetually decided to walk in the path of disobedience. When we walk in disobedience and we pray fervently, we don't receive from the Lord. Disobedience closes the heavens over our lives. So Saul, God has sent me to speak to you. Listen to what I'm going to tell you. Verse 2 to verse 3. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel. I won't go to that whole story because of my time. How he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. So, there was a history. God doesn't forget the harm the devil does to us. To us, Every blow of the enemy on your life, God will react. But in his reaction, you need to obey his word. Then you will see the vengeance of the Lord. When you go avenging your enemy, the Lord will mark you down. But there is a day of vengeance in the hands of the Lord. When it is time for God to react and we are disobedient, we, we, we deny ourselves of seeing the mighty hand of the Lord. There is always a day of vengeance in the hands of the Lord concerning your life. Sometimes your family, the devil has denied your family of riches, wealth, and honor. And God preparing you to come and pay back the devil. Then you too. You have disconnected from God. You are walking in disobedience. So when will a generation see the hand of God in your family? So Samuel told Saul, Hakim. Now God says, I remember Amalek, the, the, the Amalek or the Amalekites, what they did to my people when they were leaving Egypt. Now, verse 3, now go. You think God, God is a man of war? There is no possession that will come into your hands without war. You have to war with faith. You have to fight with faith. You have to fight with your faith. 
God doesn't, God is not some gentle, meek man. No, no, no. God is a man of war. We sing the songs, but we don't believe the words. Mighty warrior, you are great. So stop asking yourself. And then I made the day before something good will come into my hands. I have to fight and 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 fight. You have to fight. You have to fight. A good marriage, you have to fight. If even God gives you an angel, you have to fight to build a good marriage. The same way you can get a demon, you can fight and build a good marriage. Everything is fight. <laughs> God can give you a profession, you have to fight. You can get a job employment, you have to fight. You can be in a church. You have to fight to serve. Yeah. Because we are all not angels. People have different characters. Annoying characters. Like we are all some way. But God says we are his children. And yet God says we should serve him together. That means that whilst we are serving together with Mamiesi, You will see some crocodile behavior. You will be serving together with Kojo Mensa. You will see some elephant behavior. But God says that put all of them in the ark. Keep them and let them serve me. So everywhere you are, don't be somebody who easily resigns. Stop. You can't be a great man. Because on the journey of greatness are two things you will see. Ingratitude and criticism. If you can't pass that test, don't pray to be great. If you are not ready to be criticized, even the way I'm preaching, somebody is criticizing me, maybe here or on Facebook. I don't care. Because I'm on my way to greatness. Are you here? If you are too sensitive, I'm great again. You are not going to be great. Sit down and let somebody else take over. Because for you to be great, you must have the ability to take the shots of men and still stand and keep doing what you are doing. You, when did you become an army general without marks on your body? You can't do press up 50. You say you are army general. Say title in your offer. is looking for men and women of God to use. And these men are produced only by obedience to God's word. This is a king. This is a whole king. A man who never thought you'd be a king. God picks him. He was chasing the asses of his father in First Samuel chapter 9. And God picks him and anoints him in the verse 1, Saul, Samuel was reminding him. It was as if Samuel knew that that's this guy, he has been too stubborn. If I don't remind him of where he's from, after all the remembrance, the man still blew up the opportunity. Disobedience can cost you a kingdom. There's a kingdom God has reserved for you on the land. Don't blow it away. 
God is preparing you and in the preparation, you only remain in the school by obedience. You don't pay school fees. The only school fees you pay is obedience. To stay in God's training school, we must stay in obedience. That is why many of us can't stay. Because when it gets to a certain point, our flesh, our flesh, our ego, our unnatured willpower. Pastor, you know me, I know. But your knowing may be off the track of God's wisdom. So let's go back to the story so that we stay on track. He said, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not. So he said, kill everyone. Human being, animals, children, old men, old women. Kill every living being. Wow. Hello, are you here? Are you here? Spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling and suckling, babies. Hey, what type of God is this? So, if God was giving you that instruction, be honest. Be honest. Eddie, can you do it? That means you're a disobedient child. It means you are telling God that God is a wicked God. Sackling The soldier should slay and slay. Should slay and slay. Ox and sheep. Camel and ox. That means kill everyone. So, God has given Saul the instruction. The word of God has come to Saul. If God will achieve anything with our lives, he will send his word to you first. If God will achieve anything with your life, he will not come in person. He will come to you with his word. How we handle the word, because he is the word himself. But you see, he will send just a word, an instruction, a commandment, an inspiration, a sermon, an advice, and see how you react to it. So King Saul, God wants to use you to avenge of the day that these people damage my people. Do this. Go kill everyone from the king, from everybody. Animals, kill them. Let's see what happened. Saul disobeyed God. I'm sure some of you will be like, oh, but if it was me and Prophet Samuel, you know, nowadays the prophets that have come, they are just bearing names. If Prophet Samuel, the man that was born out of a miracle, Prophet Samuel spoke to me. Oh, Pastor, I obey you. I obey you. But King Saul disobeyed God. You see, disobedience does not fear anointing. Disobedience does not fear handsomeness. Disobedience does not fear suit. If you allow yourself, you will live in disobedience for the rest of your life. You'll be shocked. 
disobedience. And when a man walks in disobedience, it means that he's denying himself of the blessings that God has packaged for him. Look, don't, don't think God does not have record of our lives. You th- God is not just onam framemo or no. God is personal. God is with me. God is with you. God is with you everywhere you go. God knows the detailed part of your life. God knows what he has for you in stock. He, I don't know what God has. I may know a bit by revelation. But I will not know where God is taking you. And your life must be very personal with God. Then that means you cannot walk in disobedience and enjoy God. People think that you can't enjoy. People think oh, Christianity is boring. Yeah, I mean, we, we think that Christianity is boring because we have not gotten to know God so well. But I'm telling you, the most peaceful place, the most secure place a man can ever be is not in Asso Rock, it's not in Presidential Palace, it's not in Trasaka or Trasaku or Trafaga or whatever. The most secure place. Is in God's presence. Yes. The most secure place. The most secure place. So let's look at the story again. I'm getting to the meat of my message. Saul disobeyed God. Who has ever disobeyed God before? Let me see. I have. And how was the result? Terrible. Negative. And who again? Descriptions. Regrets. But why is it that we easily go there again? <laughs> it's like the thing is biting you, but still you take your hand there. It should tell you that if a man does not deliberately decide to obey God, it will be very difficult for him to walk in obedience to God. It's easy for you. I told somebody that you can look the most religious person in church, eh? but you'll be the chief sinner. So, so showed us in the Bible, so we'll get there. I have about 15 minutes. To show you and then we close. First Samuel chapter 15 verse 9. Quickly. And But Saul and the people spared Agag, the king, and the best of the sheep, and of the oxen, and the fatless, and the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them. But everything that was vile and refused that they destroyed utterly. It means that when God said they should destroy everything, they used their common sense and said, how can we destroy this? They looked at the animals. They looked at the fattened oxen and they said, no! Let's take this and go and sacrifice to God. I will show you why Saul did that. I got to know today in my studies. Now, why will Saul keep the king? And why will Saul allow the people 
to keep the fat animals. Let me give you scenarios. In those days, when kings went into battle and they won the battle, there are things that they do. The first that they do is either they kill the king of the enemy. They kill the, if the enemy. Your, opposite, your, your opponent is called your enemy in battlefield. So when you are watching Russia and Ukraine documentary, you see when Russia is talking about Ukrainian soldiers, they use the enemy. Okay, when Ukrainians are talking about Russia, they also use, oh, we have eliminated. We have, we have liberated the town of Kharkiv from the enemy. So when you go into battle and you win, you can pick up the king and kill him. Or you bring the king to your town and they drive them or you drive them behind a, a, a vehicle or a horse throughout the cities in your nation to demonstrate that the strength of that nation has been humiliated. Okay. Number two, when you go into battle and you win, you have the right to gather the spoils. That means all the properties you see that you think you like, you can bring it to your country. Are you here? And then number four, there is a culture in Israel that when you go into battle and you win, you have to come and sacrifice to the Lord. So don't be quick to judge Saul. Please follow the teaching. I'm bringing you an understanding. Don't be quick to judge Saul because it was what was usually done. Be careful when you are going to act. Don't follow the sound of people. Don't follow the status quo. If God has instructed you, if it is against the status quo, do it. Because going the status quo way, others will do it. It's okay. But if God specifically gave you an instruction and that is opposite the status quo and you also go and do what, you know, it was normal. Him bringing Agag to Israel back was no news. It was not the first time. Other kings do it. He bringing things from battle. It's, it's not the first time. Other kings do it. He offering sacrifice to the Lord. It wasn't the first time. Other kings do it. But for him, unfortunately for him, God had given him an instruction that when you go, kill everything. So now you understand why Saul told him, um, Samuel told him, to obey is better than sacrifice. Now let me tell you something. Please, are you being blessed? I'm showing you something. The currency of obedience is stronger than the currency of prayer. The currency of obedience is stronger than the currency of seed sowing. The currency of obedience is stronger than any other virtue, even your faith, is premise on obedience. Don't blame God. Don't blame the church. I've been praying about this thing for a long time. God is not minding me. So I won't go to church again. Let's check your obedience barometer. 
Let's check it. Let's check. Because when we check, one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two, and you are, you, you are, you are a man character, characterized with obedience, and yet you have not seen the blessing of the Lord, all we will tell you is that keep waiting. Because this kind of life can never end up in failure. Child of God, it's time for us to mature. You, you have to learn how to obey God. Why do we discipline children in the house? Those of us who have children. Why are you disciplining your, your, your child? And you are not obeying God. I said, my back. Why are you disciplining the child? What is in your mind? Do you discipline the child to get him destroyed? There's something in your mind. Because you want the child to come out into a certain personality. But you see, when we disobey God, we miss out on God's training. So when the time of your promotion comes and you don't get promoted, it's not because God was not powerful. It's because you were not prepared for the promotion. I'm telling you something how to return back to the place of victory. Because your next glory is not going to be possible outside obedience. I know you will not enjoy the message, but I'm pushing. I'll leave you thinking. When you go home, you say, Pastor Prince again. You, have, you sit down and you start. Because I'm speaking to people I know. I'm speaking to not less than seven people specifically. And as you are listening, you are making adjustment in your mind. And it's a blessing for that. Amen. So, compromised with the word of the Lord. There's, there, it's not always that when you obey God, you smile. You know, of late, I've come to like Tom and Jerry. Oh, Pastor, eh, I watch Tom and Jerry. It's better than most of the programs on the airwaves. I watch Tom and Jerry. At least I laugh. Their expressions and all that. And one of the things I learned from it is that your enemy perpetually remains your enemy. That means that the weapon the enemy used on Adam and Eve, you see, if even Adam, Adam was not born from your hometown. Adam was created with God's hand. He has never met any relative before. He was so intelligent that he named everything. Look at his intelligence. And that weapon of disobedience hit him. You, your oil. From where? <laughs> we have to stay on guard. When the enemy is baiting you, remember that behind every bait, there is a hook. It's not the worm. Don't go for the worm on a bit. Because by the time you are doing, mm, 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 you are hooked away and you are no more. 
disobedience can damage you. Yes, God is a restorer. By restoration, will take time. You go through a disciplinary system. By the time you finish, where you should have been, you would have denied yourself. Sometimes I listen to certain sermons, eh? and when I'm listening, I'm just listening, like, really? Are we reading different Bibles? Some people preach as if God just wakes up and says, bless. I give you one trillion dollars. Who has experienced it before? No, no, no. Even thousands of cities could Like There are some of you eh, who have been but I prophesy today. This year, this year, it will not end. May the Lord show you some favor. Open share with him, doesn't The way never share with him. And bad that. Every single thing you have, you worked for it. But this year, may the angel of favor, may the angel of favor, may the angel of Jehovah protocol breaker, may he visit you in a special way. God does those things, but it's not always. So they did beyond first May, God did this, second May, God did this, third May. You are lying. <laughs> you are a liar. You are exaggerating what God has not done. That is why it's a miracle. There is a normal way in the realms of the spirit that blessings are already arranged. That when a man begins to walk, you are not supposed to obey the Ten Commandments. Stop worrying yourself. There's only one commandment you have to keep. That you will decide to obey the word of God. Finish. Even besides you recite the commandment, me as a pastor, I can't do it. I just remember that shall not kill, that shall not do it. Still, how many times have you two stolen? <laughs> They say pay 11 now. You are paying to bank. You are stealing. <laughs> now you are going to bank to form Q. When you are paying tight, 1,200, where you 200? No? You have 1,200 for four. You have stolen. There is only one commandment that you will obey God's word. Hallelujah. God told so. Bring nothing to the help. Don't return home with anything. Logically, it doesn't sound right. But God is always right. It may not sound logical to you, but God is right. Jesus is hanging on the cross. He's not in a very glamorous dress, but he's the king of kings. I have seen people look at events on this uh, face value and miss the direction of God. I have seen people disobey God and up to tomorrow they are still in their mess because there are some doors when they close. It's not that it's impossible. 
is difficult for them to open. Disobedience is costly. Do you know what happened to Saul? The same God that anointed him king, the Bible said God said he regretted making Saul king. May we yearn to obey God. Our lives will be easier. Easier. Rebellion takes a man to eat with pigs. Like the prodigal son. He ate with pigs. A prince. He ate with pigs for a long time until one day he came back to his senses. Look, sometimes it's be, come back to your senses quickly. When you go to the psychiatric hospital and you see the young men and young women who have blown their mind away because of Heron, it's very sad. And there are people too who had the grace. God visited them and they turn away from drug addiction and today they are fine. The timing of your repentance, the timing of your obedience is very important. Half obedience is disobedience. Hello? I know it's a heavy message, but I got to preach it. You remember Lost Wife? It was half obedience. With the way people, you are out of the city. God said, when you are going, don't look back. What was she looking for? Her businesses. Oh, her house. Because Lot was a rich man. And the rich man's wife is rich. So she was worried. Some of her relatives that refused to come. So just peeping small. Turn into a pillar of salt. And Lot never turned back. It's a lesson. Lot never turned back. There are some levels of obedience. If even your spouse doesn't want to obey, you obey. There are some levels of obedience. I've seen couples quarrel over spiritual things. And now their wives do things behind them. Their husbands do things behind them. So that if we will fight, then I'll tell you what I'm going to do for God. And I think that's what brings peace in their marriages. <laughs> I'm sure some men will go home and say, Achua, bra, bra, bra. Have you been sowing seed behind me? <laughs> yeah. But as they sow, they, as they engage God on your behalf, it blesses the whole family. Lot refused to turn his back. That was his wife. But he didn't. Obedience can cost you separation from the people you love. Because God is driving you on a certain path. When Jesus took the mandate to come and die for man, you think the 33-year-old man did not have romantic feelings? He had. He saw Martha. He saw Mary. He saw them. 
He can only eat their cooked food in the kitchen, eat and say it's nice, and that's all. He has to go. Because he's not supposed to marry. He's not supposed to date. No beloved. Every human being, from Samaria to Jerusalem to Capernaum, is a beloved. So stick to it. Eat their food. Bless them, but move on. No marriage. 33 years. You think the mom wouldn't encourage him? Oh, what's my warrior? Oh, young man, I mean, you're anointed. I mean, if you go and you're doing miracle service, just watch around. you see somebody around. But he knew he had to obey God. Look, if you don't learn how to obey God every day, not, I'm not talking about spectacular obedience. That is the charismatic disease. We like spectacular obedience where everybody is seeing us. I'm not talking about the obedience where you do it and you want everybody to see. Because some man say, come and sleep with him and give you a job and you didn't do. Now all your dresses are faded and you are coming to church, your shoe is praising God and you are walking. I've obeyed God. Oh, I know my time will come. I've obeyed God. No, no, that's, that, is, that is a joke. That's a joke. You know how many things people are carrying in their head? Trusting God. You know how many, you know how many years Adam, Abraham waited? Look, when you are, let, let me do five minutes and I close. In Drew Baby, maybe next week I'll continue. Most of the times, when you are going to obey God, the spirit of fear will come before your, your decision. Has it happened to you before? Yeah. If you don't pass that test, you will disobey God. Yeah. I'm letting you know that the thing is common with everyone. He's not special with you. Stop, stop making it too special. This word that God has spoken to me is hard. Oh. It's very hard. It's unique. <laughs> it's very unique. Like my own. I know that yours is different, but my own, no. No, 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 no. It's the same. So, Bible said that God has not given us the, the uh, spirit of bondage again for us to fear. We have not received the spirit of bondage again for us to fear. Because if God, the devil can shoot fear before that decision. Look, anybody that has bought a land here, they will tell you that even paying the money is by faith. Because your money, do you know the owner of the land? You have gone to do such, you know it is for Lucy, one, 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 Abuchi or Aloka or any of them. Then Lucy, somebody is sitting in front of you saying she is Lucy Abuchi. What is the evidence that this is Lucy Abuchi? Will you get time to go and ask everybody? There are lands where you have documents. You finish buying. You have documents, registered documents. You finish buying. Then the rightful owners will come. Not one, not two, three. They have come. I know of a church. Eh? I know of a church. 
the land they are building is on. Another woman came and said, from the pulpit to the back is for her. <laughs> it's not a story. I am involved. <laughs> from the <laughs> pulpit to the back. And she produced documents. To be there. Every single thing that comes into your hands, you must fight for it. You can only continue to win when you walk in obedience to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want to land well and leave you with something. No disobedience is hidden from God. If you're a young man here and a young woman here and maybe you are not married and you want to marry, don't hide critical information from your partner-to-be. Don't! Don't hide. Because it will show up in the marriage and it will bite you. Don't hide it. Don't lie. Control. You see, when, when Prophet Samuel came to Saul, he lied. He lied. Have you slaughtered all them? Oh, yes. Then Samuel said, I'm hearing some blitzes of his own. Then he started the story. There are people who. So he lied twice to cover for disobedience. Disobedience will cost you. It will rip you off your integrity. It will rip you off your glory. So from that moment, lost the throne. Look, there are a lot of us. Eh? You are praying hard. But you are getting little results. I beg you. Go to your God. Sit down. Start perusing your life and see where you have decided to disobey God in and repent. As you repent, eh, you will come back to factory setup and obedience begins to open doors for you. Obedience is a spirit. Disobedience is a spirit. Immediately Adam and Eve walked in disobedience. They were thrown out of the garden of Eden. One day David was dying. Because he disobeyed God. He went before the Lord. Take not away your Holy Spirit. Because he knew. He knew that he had so many. Look at David's prayers in Psalms. Let my enemies sleep. Let the part of my enemies sleep. Lord, whatever they are doing, I throw them. Those are the prayers of David. Most of them in Psalms from chapter 1 to chapter 150. More than half are David's prayers. And such a man, he cannot afford to lose the Holy Spirit. Anytime you go away from God, come back to him. Because your being away can cost you the rest of your life. Time is not on my side. 
Psalm, 1 Samuel chapter 15, verse 10 to 11. The way God is willing that we return to him eh, and for him to pour him. This is the time that the little blessing you get will glorify his name. Yeah. Do you know when there's total darkness and you even have a torchlight, you become a champion. Everybody follow you. Everybody will follow you because you have the light. This is the time that God will want to handpick people and glorify his name in their lives, in their career, in their business. That when men are saying there's a casting down, there are some people, they don't look at their bank account. They don't live as if there is one, one, there is one, one. They are living as though nothing has happened because God has glorified himself in your life. God can change your life within a second. But by the time he's making you a king, he might have tested you and you should have passed. And that test is the test of obedience. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel saying, It repented me that I have set up some. May God not say that about us. Your amen is not strong. You see, that is why when God gives you an opportunity to play bass, play organ, sing, it's a great opportunity. You think God does not have reserve players? Let all the choristers retire. They won't sing again. It will worry the church small. Okay? We can, it will worry us like one month be, two months be, but I can put God's integrity on the altar within three months, you will see another wild choir. So thought that God had no options. God said, I have regretted. I have regretted. You saw, you, I picked you. You were nobody. You were chasing the animals of your father. I just told the prophet, anoint him, make him king. You even prophesied. Where, where are you from that you can begin to prophesy? Without my spirit. I've made you who you are. And today, today go and execute my plan. You go and do what you like. Child of God, your next glory is in your ability to say no to disobedience and walk in obedience. He said, I repent it. Give me a softer version, please. Be fast. I'm wrapping up. I am sorry I ever made shocking. May God not say those words over your life. May you not be earning salary and refuse to pay tight. May, may you not be healthy and refuse to serve the Lord. May God not make you a great person and now you use the greatness against him. So God said, I have regretted. I'm sorry. He, he, I am very, hey, Charlie. So you are not the only one who gets sorry about things. When you help people and they are grateful to you, remember God. Even God. Even God. There are people you will help. They will show you ingratitude. It's normal. Move on. There are people you will help. They are the same people who will take gun to shoot you. Move on. God said, I am sorry I ever made Saul a king. He's turned his back on me. Hey! 
Hello. Don't kill yourself when people turn their back on you. God went through it. Almighty God went through it. So when people turn their back on you, don't go and curse them. Don't go and spoil their names. Have you seen that guy? I helped him today. Look at what he's doing. No, 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 no. Saul turned his back on God. He refuses to do what I tell him. Samuel was angry when he heard this. He prayed his anger and disappointment all through the night. I'm wondering, I wanted to hear the prayer content of Samuel. No, he said he prayed his anger. Was he the one who prayed the man out of the throne? Because he can tell God that God, then remove him from the throne. Though you are sorry, I know you God, you can change your mind and have mercy, but remove him and let's get a better person on. Because the man was praying with anger. One of the things you should never do is to get an anointed person praying in anger. When they are heard the archbishop pray, say, I bind their prayers, I bind them, I say, hey, who are these people? If they bind your prayer and bind you, what is left? <laughs> Disobedience. He failed to obey God. How do you think God feels? I have to close. Tomorrow, next week I'll continue. How do you think God feels when his children disobey him? How many of us have children here? Let me see your hand. How do you feel when your children disobey you? Consistently. Wakuma. You'll be wondering. Is that how it's going to continue? Like, you'll be wondering. Like, then, ah. I know of a child. I mean, there was a story of a great man in the U.S., the daughter decided to be a prostitute. A very popular evangelist, tele-evangelist. The wife, the daughter went into prostitution. There's a great pastor in U.S. The son is a homosexual. How do you think that these fathers will be feeling? You see how you are shaking your head. Is God sitting in heaven always shaking his head over your life? I'm talking to people. This message is not shouting. You know, I can just remove my suit and I start. If you remove my suit, I'll, call, I'll put it on you. You fall. You fall. But, but that is not what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about today. I'm bringing you to the point. Because I've been pleading with God to bless us again. And he said, go and teach on obedience. Because people are walking in disobedience. How do you think God will be feeling when his children... God, will, God cannot throw you away. That is why, you see, every traditional... There are a lot of traditional things that are God-emanated. So there's a proverb that says that we don't throw the child away with the dirty water. Have you heard it before? How will you hear because it's an account proverb. <laughs> but at least you just heard it. <laughs> so you don't 
throw the baby away with the dirty water. That's why when you bath a child, you throw the water away. And you take the child. The child will go and make himself dirty again. You bath him. God won't throw you away. But how long will you want to be treated like a child? And if you have a Benz, you have many cars, your son is just three, four years. How, as much as you love him, will you give him the Benz to drive on his own? No! There are package blessings for you and I. But as long as the heir remains a child, he is treated like a servant. Our blessing is obedience to increase. Peter, my main man for the year. Peter, how did he get the bumper harvest? Obedience. If there is a prayer you have to pray today, it's obedience. That God give me a zeal, a passion, a desire a conviction to walk in obedience to your word. Close your eyes. Put your hand on your heart and pray that prayer right now. There are decisions you are supposed to take today. Take it. Take those decisions. Pray to God. Just pray. Talk to him. Alada Mahasha Gadabaha Ilagene Mahada Gadababa. Oh, talk to God. Just talk to Him. Every life of disobedience, every stream of disobedience flowing in our lives. Lord, today we pray. We disconnect ourselves. Shakalana Makabala Dabaya. Give us the heart that will passionately, zealously obey your word. In the name of Jesus. Now listen. Saul disobeyed God to end the praises of men. Because if you take Agag the king to town to show people that you've gone to the town and you've arrested their king, the praise they'll say, hey, Paul, Saul is a champion. When you took, he took the fat animals. That day they saw, they would say, hey, we have never seen sacrifices in Israel like this. What a king. But they didn't know that the man was cursed. The man has disobeyed. The man, are you having a breakthrough because of disobedience? And people are clapping for you. You will soon be rejected on your throne. We're going to pray again. The Lord, give me that heart. That heart. I know God where I am. Eh? In fact, I'm in disobedience. But Lord, give me that heart. Give me that heart to learn how to obey you. 
from today. Pray. Saul lost his throne. May we not lose our thrones. May, may we not lose our blessings. May we not lose our open doors. May we not lose that which belongs to us. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. I pray for people here. I don't know who. But Lord, I pray for your people. I pray for myself also. I pray for those online. Anyone, anyone trusting you for obedience, to walk in obedience in a higher dimension. Lord, the Bible makes us to understand that it's not by might, it's not by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Lord, I pray for everyone here. Baptize our heart with the spirit of obedience. Obedience. Let's obey you. Let's obey you. Let's obey you. It may hurt our flesh, but we will joy in it. Let's us willingly obey you as you speak to us in your word. As you speak to us through wise counsels. As you speak to us in our dreams and our prayer times. Lord, help us. Help our weak spirits to yield to obedience. Help us for our, we are frail. Our frailties can overtake our desires. But Lord, I pray that people who are desiring to obey you, you reach out your mighty hand of power. Empower our spirits to walk in obedience. In Jesus' name. Amen. The message you just listened to is from ICGC Karis Temple. To connect with us, you can like our page on Facebook at ICGC Karis Temple or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ICGC Karis. We would like to hear of how God is blessing you through this podcast. To support this podcast, please click on the profile button and click on support. Thank you and God richly bless you.